welcome to the Dr. Dion Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show. We are in for a treat today. We're going to be talking to a married couple who actually run a church, and I want to talk about their experiences uh, running a congregation, how do you navigate um, speaking to each other in public when when maybe stuff is, is not working out the way they should? How do you talk about issues as a relationship, as a couple? I'm very curious to see how, how, how um, that unfolds, especially when you're together all the time. So welcome, Dr. Cool. Corey Williams, who is pastor of Piney Grove Baptist Church, and his lovely wife, Miss Andrea Williams, who is first lady and associate minister. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on today. So let's get started. So how long have you been preaching? How, how did this come about? Uh, well, I've been preaching since uh, 1998. Um, I just believe that the Lord had called me to preach. I had a burning desire in my heart. I um, always wanted to help people, but I, you know, the Lord, I believe, uh, really just pricked my heart to really just to start preaching his word. That's great. And so did you, so you had that prior to, meeting Andrea or did what, what happened? So did you have that in your, in your, in your heart already? And then you, you met each other and you had a, a, you had matching passions or how did, how did that come up, come about? Yeah. So when I was actually in high school, you know, I, I had the dreams and vision and the Lord really just uh, was kind of tugging at my heart at that time. I decided to kind of to take uh, the Jonah road, um, kind of take the road, uh, the long road as, as opposed to the short road in terms of doing what God has called me to do. Mm-hmm. And eventually, eventually realized that I have to, I had to fulfill the calling that he called me to do. So that's where we are now. Several years later, this is where we are. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'll just share that um, I, I've, I've known Corey. We've known each other for a long time. Grew up in the same area back in Jane and Finch, way back when. Correct. You went to Renamede, correct? That is, that is correct. And you were, you were a pretty, uh, pretty big baller back then? Yes, well, I guess you can call it. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. So anyway, basketball, basketball, basketball. Yes. So yeah. when you, so when you met Andrea, what was that like? Andrea, what, so how was it when he did, so, so he had that calling. So how did he approach you with that idea? Well, uh, I, I knew there was something special about Corey. I knew there was something amazing about him. It wasn't uh, manifested yet. Uh, but I, I just knew uh, he was going to be um, something, uh, a leader. Or at first I told him, I said, I think you're going to be a mayor. But I knew there was something that God had <laughs> So what, God was, had. what was it? What did you see? What did you feel? What did you sense? It's, uh, just a gifted, uh, talented, a man of integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it wasn't tested yet when we met. Uh, but just I knew that God had something great for him. And, uh, and when, we, you know, when he came to me and told me about it, um, I wasn't surprised. God had already revealed that in my spirit, and I already knew that this man was going to uh, preach God's word That's in a lovely. mighty way. 
And how long have you been married? How long have you been together and married? 24 years. Uh, wow. Married and 26 years together. Wow. Congratulations. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, and what, is your, what is your secret to staying together? And not, not just because a lot of people are, are they're, 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 they, they take pride by saying, oh, yeah, I've been married for how long? I've been with my husband for 20 years. And I have to say that we are happy. But a lot of people are married and they don't say they're actually, they say they're, they're happy, but they're not. So right. I, I, I can tell how, I, how we came about this is that I saw some of your posts on Facebook and I said, you guys are the real deal. I need to get you on because I want to talk about this because <laughs> some, some people are just, they're, they're faking it, but you're actually do, you're, right. you're, you're real. So I would love to know what is keeping you together? What, what sustains you? I would, I would certainly say being Christ-centered. Mm -hmm. um, um, anything void of Christ in a relationship will always fall. Oh, yeah. Um, you can you can you can fake it or try to put on for only so long, but if Christ is not the center of your relationship, because you're going to be uh, having issues. I mean, mm -hmm. you have things here and there, but but again, it has to go back mm -hmm. to Christ being the center. If He's not, then it definitely won't work. Right. In my opinion, I believe you know that's that's according to the Word of God too as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, and you really got to discipline yourself in your marriage. You know, if you really really want something to work, you're going to do everything you can to make it work. You know, if that means going to workshops, seminars, uh, you know, making your marriage a priority, not keeping secrets away from each other, you know, being honest with each other, uh, developing that trust uh, so that, you know, you don't want to give room for the devil. If you if you do something that appears to be evil or that appears to be, look bad for your spouse, then you need to get away from it. Like, like uh, my husband said, you know, uh, keep it Christ centered, keep it Christ centered that. in marriage. Uh, keeping it real, mm -hmm. always communicate. Um, if there's something that you don't like and you see, you let them know. Um, and then vice versa. Yeah, so just keep the open communication lines. I love that. Okay, so I know just actually through my work that communication is not very difficult. It's not easy for some people. And some people have been taught to communicate in ways that are just really kind of not effective, uh, not productive. So how do you counsel people who come to you when they have issues and they don't know how to actually say what they, what, what they, what they feel or even be, uh, be considerate and, and, and consider someone else's, someone else's perspective. Like how, do you, how do you counsel them on that? Well, again, just like you said, being considerate, um, understanding that God in a marriage made you one, but you're two individuals too as well. So you have your own feelings, you have your own thought process and patterns. And so you have to respect that. Once you mm -hmm. respect the other individual, your spouse, mm -hmm. and understand and, and really get to understand who they are. Although you're one, you got to understand who they really are. And when you can respect, I think respect is key. Is when you have respect in a relationship, then you can go a long way as far as this. So we start with respect, trust, um, honor, understanding, yeah. with the communication. All of those are extremely vital to the whole process. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about respect because also respect is also pretty individual as well. It shouldn't be, but some people don't know how to show respect. And, and one thing that I actually want to ask you this question, because this has really, really bothered me because I've seen over and over again, people that so-called are, are so-called, um, I don't want to say Christian, but, but, they, but they, they, they say that they, they are, they are godly. And then they yeah. commit these sins. They're not doing the right thing. They're not doing right by their spouse. They're cheating on their spouse. And then they say, okay, God's going to forgive me. 
and then they keep repeating the same cycle over and over again. How, is, that is, is that not just hypocrisy? Can, can you just tell me? I don't mean judgmental, but I, 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 it, it, it kind of bothers me when I see people just, oh, I'm going to just do this because I know God's going to forgive me tomorrow. But that's not, that's not how it works. Is that how it works? No, no. Really, the, the, ultimately, the Bible says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Hmm. And, so, and so because we love God, we desire not to sin. You know, we're all gonna we're all gonna have shortcomings and we're gonna all fall. But there's one thing to to live in sin and continue to sin, and there's yeah. another thing to fall in sin. Mm -hmm. And so the apostle Paul tells us, "Shall we continue in sin that 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 uh, grace may abound?" So uh, a lot of believers, a lot of Christians think that because we have grace and mercy, mm -hmm. we can just continue to do things. Yes. And not suffer and not to suffer the consequences. But ultimately, if we want to please God and we really love God, then ultimately we would not want to sin. There are going to be times that we're going to slip and we're going to fall. We're going to fall in sin. But to live in sin, to practice sin, uh, like you're describing, there is a whole is a whole different thing. Right. Okay, I can hear you. So, how large is your congregation? How many people do you serve? Well. We we have about we probably say about between 100 and 175 people each Sunday. Lovely. Yeah, Very so it's a small it's a small kind of fam family church, intimate church, but you know it, it gives us the opportunity to kind of reach all of our members. It's not a mega, yeah. you know. I know you have and in, in probably in Atlanta a lot of mega churches. Uh huh. And we don't have we have a few mega churches, but most of our kind of smaller family oriented churches. So. And then that, that, which kind of facilitates the intimacy and you can actually just have a real relationship with, with everybody, uh, potentially. So that's, that, that's great. So, so Miss First Lady, what, what is it like? What is it like supporting your, because, you know, according to, to, to biblical standards, the, the woman supports the man, the man's the head of the household. How, how do you, in this 2018 um, I'm woman, hear me roar, I'm the leader, I'm strong. How do you manage that? Because I, I, I kind of do believe that. My, my, my husband is, I'm very strong, very strong will, very strong personality, yeah. but my husband <laughs> is the head of the household. That's, that's how I was raised and that's how I, 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 I function. So how do, you, how do you teach that? How do you demonstrate that at your church? Uh, well, it goes back to respect. Uh, just, and also my husband understanding what my gifts are. He's very supportive of, me working in the church. And I do um, work with the women's ministry, uh, the youth ministry, uh, and I do a lot of teaching in the church. Now, you know, our church is, I uh, have more of a traditional background. Okay. So at one time, women were not allowed to operate in the church back in the days of old. <laughs> but now God has really called the women forth. God, is, God called us then, and God is still calling us even now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think if, uh, you're, if you're under a pastor that um, understands that and a pastor that supports that, then you're able to operate in your, in your role, in your ministry. Uh, pastor and I, we, um, we try not to uh, focus too much. When we get home, we try to focus on family and not too much on church ministry. Now, I have a tendency, I'm like you, I have a tendency to always sit up and talk Oh, so we need to be doing this. We need to be you know, doing this. He tells me, can you not talk about that right now? <laughs> so, you know, so, so he has to hush me up and say, look, not right now. You know, let's just relax. So uh, just having an understanding of each other's role and, uh, yes. and having that balance. 
having yes. that balance. And, yeah. and and boy is timing everything in a marriage. <laughs> timing is everything. <laughs> well, that's great. So so how was it? Was it difficult for you being raised in traditionally in the church and then in, not, women not being kind of in the forefront? And so h- how did you make that transition? Was it difficult? The first time no, you put yourself out there, uh, was it hard? No, it wasn't difficult at all. I'm used to it. I grew up in a Baptist church, a traditional background. Um, where it was a lot of praying mothers, a lot of praying women, we, we continued on in ministry, you know, but a lot of times, uh, the women were not allowed in the pulpit, but now as a minister, I'm in the pulpit preaching. So it wasn't, with, like I said, with, um, my husband being very supportive and just following God's word, we continue to move forward. You can't argue with God's word. So, and you can't stop what God is doing. And then when God give you a gift, that gift is going to explode. It's going to come out. You can't keep it right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and no one around you can also stifle it too. That's right. Yes. Yes. And, and that, that, that tends to be, people try to do that when they, when they see, when they see your light, they want to dim it, but, but what's, what's for you is for you regardless. So, so how, so how are you leading your church? Both of you, like you, you, you speak to the women, Corey, you speak with to, to the men and I'm sure the whole congregation. with all of the stuff that's happening, like we have like the Me Too movement, we have uh, like sexual harassment that's taking place in the workplace. Uh, women in actually are, are, are becoming more vocal. So I think the power dynamics are actually shifting. So what advice would you give to people or, or what advice do you give to your, pe- to your congregation with respect to all of the, you know, to use your words, Andrea, you said about loving the devil in your relationships and in your life. How do you Speak to people about that because there's there's so many things out there that are that are tempting to keep people on the wrong path and to put people on the wrong path. So what do you, what do you do? How do you do that? Yeah, well, you know, again, it's it's it deals with that relationship of God and being led by the Spirit of the Lord. Um, you know, and and going back to the balance portion of it again, you know, with with all of the things that are kind of infiltrating our our lives now, you have to have balance in Christ has to be center and first and foremost in our lives. So, you know, when, when we don't get all bogged down with all of, because the, there's so many things you can get wrapped up and tied up in if you're not careful. But again, having that balance in your life and, you know, with prayer, uh, with Christ being the center, the intimacy of your life, having relationship and firm or with your family too as well, focus on your family. But again, like for instance, when I get home, I try not to, uh, really focus on the ch- you know the church members as much when I'm with my family I try to stay with my family and focus on my family and that's just an example an example of because if you're not careful everything else would just take precedence over your life mm-hmm. and so you have to really have balance as far as that's concerned so I, I would encourage them to really really you know stay in prayer you know really really pray about things that they do in their lives, not to really just jump into everything because although it looks good, it may not be good for you. Um, it, yep. may, it may not necessarily help you out the way you thought it would. Uh, so, you know, I think that's very important. Absolutely. Yeah. Developing a, a disciplined life, a prayer, praise and worship, you know, <laughs> because we all, we do understand that with praise and worship, that's, that's what kills all battles right there. When you just yell out, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, uh, <laughs> you, you break out in a song, you can put the devil on the run right there. You know? uh, just teaching the people and discipling the uh, people, understanding we all going to fall short of his glory. 
and we all are human, but we got to pray for one another and not uh, judge one another all the time like you were talking about, uh, but judging sin, but at the same time being in prayer and asking God to help us to be the leaders that we need to be, because we fall short too. I mean, you know, there's no perfect person out there. The Bible said, no, not one. Um, but being able to understand that you got to live a disciplined life as much as you can. If that means turning the TV off, um, off from soap operas or whatever it is that tickles our fancy, you got to do what you got to do to make those sacrifices to God and to grow spiritually as a man and woman of God. I love that. I love that. So, so when you talk about balance, you, you're also parents. You have how many children? Is it four? Oh, we're no, five, five children. Oh, five you have children. five. Wow. Yeah. And, and a grandson. Say it again. And a grandson. Oh well, congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. And I know that you, you're, you're, you're. I've been, I've seen some of the pictures on Facebook, and your kids have gone on to college. The some are playing basketball, and you want to tell me about them. Well, not necessarily their names, but just what is it like um, raising five children with a church? <laughs> with them, that's incredible. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to balance is a challenge, you know, because again. You know, with our, our, our kids are really involved in yeah. a lot of things, um, you know, positive things that they're doing in our community. And so you have to have enough time to really be with them, be with your family, knowing that I'm called the pastor at church. I also have another job, too, is where I work mm -hmm. for the school district. Yes. My community. Um, so, you know, again, that balance again, and you got to know when to, you know, when you in a certain particular place, that's really what you need to focus on. But our children, our children have, have helped us grow, yes. particularly with our patients. Um, you <laughs> know, we all have need of patients. But, but they've, they've, they've certainly helped us, um, you know, understand the balance portion of it. We try our best to, to be there at all times. It's amazing. People ask me, how in the world are you? able to be here, there, and everywhere. And again, it's that balance. But they, they're involved in basketball. They excel academically. Um, they're just doing things in our community. They're doing things in the, on the, you know, we all, we all they have, uh, I have a nonprofit organization and, and I have one of my oldest daughters helping with that. And she Love has her own football club too as well. So yeah, we're just doing a lot of things and it's been a blessing really uh, to see how they've really just evolved and how they've blossomed. Um, yeah. Really, I think the key being the core being in the church and really that oh, relationship yeah. with God too. Is yes, well. and your and your example. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> what were we gonna we say? Invest, I was gonna say we gotta invest in our kids. You know, um, we invest in a lot of other things in our lifetime, but children are very important. They're the seed that God has given us. That's right. We're not forever, so we really gotta invest in them. And like, like my husband said, they are involved in a lot. And, you know, pastor, he don't only just pastor, he, he was coaching, coaching basketball and uh, he's on a various, uh, works in various areas in the community uh, on, he's like right now, uh, he is the new moderator for our union of our, uh, of all the churches that's in our union. Fantastic. So, Congratulations. That's awesome. So he has a lot on his plate. And then of course I coach volleyball. Oh really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So you you met in college, correct? And we did. And you played volleyball in college? I did, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh right. nice. Very nice. <laughs> and basketball. I played and, both. Okay, that's lovely. That's lovely. I love that. I love that. So so clearly your 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 children have um have have uh benefited from your example and they've been 
obviously taught well because I'll go back to a little bit of negativity because sometimes there there are people who are in the church and sometimes their kids kind of go astray and and they don't necessarily get get the teachings of the, of the parents that are that are being that are being imparted to them. So how do you how do you keep that going? Like even the, some of them have left home. So how how do you maintain that or are you just convinced that or you just know that you've already instilled what you can in them and so they they, they already have it in them so when they wherever they go they're going to be they're going to be just fine yeah you know the bible the proverb writer said it like this when we train up a child a child in the way that they should go That's when right. they are old they will not depart from it so a lot of times you know as as preachers kids a lot of times they may you know kind of go up and down and astray and that sort of thing but ultimately when they have the word of God into in them, it's going to come back. It, it's not going to leave them, you know, and so they it will not depart them. So it's always with them. So yeah, some of them, a lot of them struggling. A lot, a lot of us struggle oh, yeah. too as well. But again, when that word of God is the core of who you are, yes, what's going to keep you? It's going to keep you. That's right. I love that. I love that. So, what is what are your plans for your church in the future? Do you want you plan on getting a lot bigger? What what are your what are you planning to do? Well, you know, we're just listening to what the Lord says. You know, the Lord is, is working with us in terms of a project now. We're in the process of, uh, you know, allowing the Lord to build. We're, our church right now is, is is a little too small. We've kind of outgrown our church. Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of building another church. Lovely. Uh, and it's not yes. only to build a church. But, but again, first and foremost, before we build the actual sanctuary, the brick and the mortar, we have to build lives and, mm-hmm. and I believe build lives. Yeah. And that's really ultimately that matters. A lot of folk, people get focused on building churches, but not building lives. That's and right. I that our mandate in this time and this hour for godly men and godly women is to build lives. And, and so that's what the Lord is doing with us. And in doing so, we're not really just only focusing on, we have what we call inreach, but you know, God has called us to go to the hedges and the highways, mm-hmm. which is the outreach. Yes. You know, to reach people in our community, to help people in our community, bless people in our community. Mm-hmm. And so that's what God has called us to do. So that's what our focus is. And I believe in it, it's aligned with what God's that's word right. says. I love that. I love that. So can you share can you share an example of somebody who came to your church, who came to 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 you and and I guess in a word, we're kind of broken and, and, and you've seen them kind of transformed just by your teachings and guidance. And can you share an example of that? Yeah, I mean, there's many examples, but I just have one in particular. I'm thinking of one of our, our ministers. He was, um, had some issues with, um, I guess, alcohol and drugs and that sort of thing. And to, you know, what I've done is I've kind of kept him around me and trying to really just instill and impart really just to feed him and impart into him as much as I can. Because mm. I know, you know, when you go back to the other environment, it's, it's, it can be difficult. And so that's what we're doing. We're seeing some changes in his life, um, slowly but surely, but we're seeing that the Lord is really moving in his life. So, we, you know, a lot of times people will kind of just move away from that and say, well, you know, let the drug people deal with that. But I believe that, you know, as born-again believers, as preachers and believers, that we can we can really pour into and impart into these individuals. Yes. Yeah. And, and everybody, everybody deserves compassion. Oh yeah, absolutely. 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 That's great. That's great. So in terms of, um, we talked about your, your, your vision for this. So you said, what is your focus? So what is your absolute focus for your, for your church right now? 
our, our focus, well, we, you know, the main thing is, the main thing is the main thing is really building, building people through what salvation. Is that, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means, that means getting people to be saved, you know, for them to accept Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. Because what we've discovered is everybody that comes to church is not saved. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, so, you know, a lot of people come for different reasons, whether it's family members, whether, you know, it's just a good place to congregate and yeah. a good place just to, you know, come together and meet people. But ultimately, we want somebody to have an intimate relation with Jesus Christ. And that's what our focus is. And then once we start with that being a core focus, everything else will just build on top of that, too, as well. That's wonderful. And then how do you approach that in terms of when you go to work? I, I, I know... We, we've seen we've we've taken prayer out of the church, out of out of schools and um and just we're going kind of going in the opposite direction where where people are actually acknowledging that you know God's presence is influence and so on so how how do you navigate that and and do do you just like I know you work in a school Corey for example so do you just you don't care you just that's who you are that's what you do what or do you are you have are, are you forced to kind of keep it kind of quiet um I just I just you know whenever given the opportunity I give. Uh, I believe that the Lord will keep me and cover me. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not radical. I'm not crazy about it. But a lot of times because of who I am, you know, the Bible says, if you allow your light to shine before mm -hmm. men, they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. If, as a true believer, we don't have to really advertise it. Your light will shine. And when your light shines, anybody right. who's in darkness always will turn to the light because oh, yeah. you don't want to continue to walk in darkness. So it, that gives us a lot of opportunity to speak to individuals, mm -hmm. uh, parents, students, that sort of thing. When they open up, we jump all the way in. Love that. They give us the opportunity. We jump all the way. My wife also, also works in the school district too as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's the same Great. for her as well. So we get, we get opportunities. Um, uh, you know, people ask us to pray in, in, in the schools and that sort of thing. And we're not going to turn that down. We're certainly going to pray. I love that. We'll lift up Jesus as we do. So you both have, I mean, you both found your, 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 your mirror image if, as, as much as possible. You have so much in common. You got the sports, yeah, you, have, you been in college, <laughs> you work in schools, you work in the church together. It's lovely. That's, that's you know, that's uh, obviously that, that was, that was a, a, a union <laughs> not made, not, yeah, made by, not by man, not by chance. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, so what message would you give to uh, the listeners of this show? Anybody who is going through some kind of difficult circumstance, who has lost hope, wh what would you say to that to these people or to that person who's listening? I'll let my wife go ahead and speak to them. Well, I would, you know, tell them to continue to. Um, continue in Christ, um, to hold on, not give up. Um, they're not alone. You're not by yourself. Uh, there's so many hurting people out there. Um, and they need to know that is whatever they're going through, it's going to be okay. Uh, you know, and just let them know that, uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's right. And that's the word of God. God said, whatever it is that comes to you, that's come against that person's mind, uh, whether they, uh, on the verge of committing suicide or whether they want to just run away and give up. Um, whatever that case may be, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And God is there with them. God is there when you're going through. God is there when things are good or and when things are bad. Mm -hmm. He loves 
you. And he loves you more than anything or anybody else on this world. He loves me more than my spouse loves me. You know, but God is an awesome God. And if we show that love and, and embrace people and quit looking at them and judge them for what they wear, judge them for uh, their sin, because we, we once was lost in sin too. That's right. And, uh, and we have to remember that God is using us to go out and reach a dying world. But there's so many people out there that's given up. But God say, look, I'm with you. Don't give up. Just hold on. I'm coming. Well, I love that. And, and I'm, I'm so appreciative uh, that the two of you have shared your time uh, today to, to talk about your, 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 your life, your faith, uh, your church, and, and just your approach to people. And I think you're obviously making a huge difference. And I, I'm sure that whoever's listening today will, have, uh, will be encouraged by what you're saying. So I really, really appreciate your time coming on today. Yes, Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. And then just tell everybody, where is your church again, please? What's the name of it and where is it located? Um, our church is Piney Grove Baptist Church, and we are in Anderson, which is, is the area of Sandy Springs, South Carolina. And, um, you know, we just, we just have a good time in the Lord. Yeah. Great. And do you, you have a, do you have a website? Yes, we do. Okay. Do you know the... Yes, yeah, it's, it's Piney Grove Baptist Church. With, well, actually, my daughter actually and, uh, takes care of that, but yeah. it's, it's Piney Grove Baptist Church. That's Okay. <laughs> Weebly.com, so yeah. And I think the address is 11 Chapman Road. Okay, cool. Well, people can look you up, and if they want to make a, do a donation to your church, then they can certainly uh, find you online and, and uh, reach out. Okay. All right. Thank All right. you. Thank you. Well, once again, I thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, if you're listening to this show today and you enjoyed it, please go to my iTunes page and write a comment. You can also reach out to uh, Dr. Coral Williams and also Andrew Williams to just share your thoughts, maybe visit their church. I'll be visiting at some point and I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you. Yes, All the best. All right. All right. Be blessed. You too. Be blessed. Thank you.